Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. Well, I think that we would all agree that different words mean different things to different people. Whenever I ask my beautiful wife how she's doing, and she tells me she's fine. Men, we know what that means. It ain't fine. It ain't good. Or if she says, I'm doing okay. Yeah, her definition of okay and my definition of okay is not okay. <laughs> it's like there is a difference, right? I've got three boys, seven, five, and two, and, uh, you know, they are chirpy and jolly. Uh, you can see how, do you know how hard it is to get a picture like that? Like, every picture has his hand near his nose or something near his nose. And any, of, in, in any family out there that's tried to do family pictures with little kids, you are promising them, like, Disney World. You are like, I'll give you anything. Just stop and look at the camera. Right? Y'all, have y'all been there? Well, this is the best we got, okay? This is the best we got. We couldn't get fingers away from the daggone nose. It is what it is, right? But I got a seven, five, and two-year-old, and um, whenever I say, go and clean your room, and they come back three and a half minutes later and say, we're done, and I go into their room, and done means sliding everything under the bed and throwing stuff into someone else's room, um, I quickly realized their definition of done is different than my definition or, 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 or their definition of clean is different than my definition of clean. Maybe you are a boss here. You oversee, manage projects, people, or something like that. And let's say you give somebody a project to oversee, and, and they come back, and they tell you, hey, 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 boss, the project's done. And you see what they did, and you quickly realize your definition of done is a lot different than their definition of done. You know, one of the things Jesus said that he would bring whenever he was born that was, that was prophesied even about him 700, bef- or 700 years before his, bo- his birth by the prophet Isaiah found in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and 7. One of the 400 prophecies that spoke about Jesus being born, one of them said this, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, King of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Now, when, when I hear that word peace, that Jesus came to bring peace to this world, uh, in other words, saying his birth would bring peace to this world, I kind of look at the world and kind of be like, Jesus, did you forget something? Because um, I, I saw what you came to bring, and I see what I see with my own eyes. I see what, what I'm even experiencing with my own life. And is there a different definition of peace that Jesus has that maybe I don't have? Or maybe what Jesus means by peace, whenever he said he was going to come to earth and he was going to be a bringer of peace, maybe his definition is just a little bit different. Put, your, put yourself in Jesus' day as, as a Jew in Jerusalem, Israel, whatever, and you are there, and this is your promise. You are holding to the fact that there's going to be a Savior. There's going to be someone that is 
that is going to come and going to bring in a season of peace. And you are like, the Messiah will come and bring peace to our world. Now also, though, think about you are living under the oppression of the Roman Empire. So you are called to be a free nation. God, you are God's chosen people, but currently you aren't living as free people. You are somewhat living as in kind of quasi-freedom where you've got enough freedom to keep you happy, but at the same time you just can't do whatever you want. Why? Because you are under the Roman Empire's rule. And so imagine being a Jew holding to this promise, and then you've got this guy named Jesus. He was born grows up, he starts preaching, teaching, and what he starts saying is, is that what Isaiah, who Isaiah was talking about is me. And then you are hearing this guy though, and Jesus is saying things like, do good to those that hurt you. So I should be nice to the Roman government? Like, don't, don't just give insult for insult. Like, do nice to those that, that have wronged you. Jesus said stuff like, pay your taxes to Caesar. And any Jew would be like, this dude is crazy. This is not the Messiah. He, he, when the Messiah comes, he's going to come and he's going to bring peace to the earth. Now, what their definition of peace was is that it was going to bring an outward peace that was a political power peace that was going to overthrow the Roman government. The Jews had good hopes but wrong expectations. And because they had wrong expectations, they actually missed the gift that was right there in front of them. They missed the promise that God has. Jesus' definition of peace was different than what the Jews expected that peace to be and that peace to actually look like. Why? Because they saw peace as something outward, as power. But Jesus did not come to sit on some man-made throne. He came to sit on the throne of people's hearts. Right? He did not come to kind of build some political power kingdom to, to rule the whole world from. Jesus said, I'm going to go even deeper than political power. I want to get and nudge and get myself in to be, the, to be the king of your heart and sitting on the throne of your heart. Jesus' definition of bringing peace was a whole lot different than what people back in Jesus' day thought. And my concern is that we can actually do the same thing in this culture. I, growing up, I was told, do this, 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 and Jesus will bless you. He'll give you a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. You'll have a bunch of money, and you just do this, 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 and things will just be great. Well, I've grown up and I have, you know, I just thought the more I served God, the more peaceful my outward circumstances would get. And I don't know about you, but I have lived 35 years and I have seen the more I have loved Jesus, what happens on the outside circumstance-wise almost doesn't change. You know, Jesus never, ever told you that you were going to have a peaceful life on the outside. I apologize if you were told that. I apologize if you got that on some greeting card, some Christian greeting card, and it was told you, you know, for the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, and all of this stuff, and you're like, why am I not prospering? You know, it's, it's because Jesus never, Jesus didn't promise you an external peace. Think about Jesus' life. Think about Paul's life. Think of so many people's lives. So you've got to ask, does your definition of peace meet Jesus' definition of peace? And if it doesn't, you will... My concern is that this Christmas season, we will miss the peace that Jesus wants to bring you. I want to give you this thought. I'm trying to preach this sermon in 20 minutes, so y'all pray for a, a brother, okay? Um, I've never preached a 20-minute sermon in the history of this church, so. 
want to give you this thought about peace. All right, peace between leads to a peace within that creates a peace around. Peace between breeds a peace within that leads to a peace around you. Jesus knew the greatest peace that you needed was not a circumstantial peace. Jesus knew the peace that you needed most wasn't for you to have more vacations and go to more tranquil spots in this world. Jesus knew the greatest peace that you needed was between himself and mankind. The greatest need, Jesus' greatest purpose met our deepest need. Whether you like to hear it or not, and I know this isn't fun Christmassy preaching, but if you are not following Jesus and you have not submitted your, your life to him, Scripture actually says you are an enemy of God. And I know that's like, well, gee, thanks for coming to church, John. Yeah, this is a great day. Merry Christmas, you're an enemy of God. But I tell this to you not to shame me, but to tell you good news today. Because that's what the gospel is. It's good news. Because, look, the, the Bible says clearly the reason why Jesus came was to be a sacrifice for our sin. And I know you've heard sin. That's a churchy word. But honestly, sin is basically you doing your own thing. It's you choosing your path over God's path, your way over God's way, your plan over God's plan. It's ultimately you turning your back on God and saying, God, I got this. I'm good. And honestly, the good thing is the Bible says that's all of us. Like, we've all done that. And because we've done that, there is this chasm. It has brought separation. Sin, what you see from even the beginning of Genesis, the beginning of history, from the beginning of, of the Bible, what brings separation from us and God, what puts enmity between us and God is the fact that there is sin, that we want to do what we want to do. But that is the whole purpose Jesus was born and came to earth, was he came and lived a perfect, sinless life that, get this, was even attested to by his family. Like, you know those people that know you the best are your brothers. Like, I know my boys, Jackson Judah, they probably have stuff right now that, that they're not telling me that they know the other person did. Right? Like, they got each other's back. Like, they're going to make sure they're going to keep it, you know, they're going to keep it tight. You know, you don't tell that, I don't tell this. Even Jesus' own brothers and sisters, his family, wrote down, wrote down written documents. That's where we get the Gospels from, of basically saying, Jesus, this guy was perfect, but Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life, but then died the death that you and I should have died in our place and for our sin. Why? Because, because separation, and there had to be a sacrifice. And Jesus came, lived a perfect, sinless life, died in your place on the cross. The final thing that Jesus said on the cross was, it is finished. That, that, that Greek word there actually means the debt has been paid. In other words, saying, Jesus has sacrificed his life in your place and for your sin. But Jesus didn't stay dead, right? That's, that's why we celebrate the other big holiday that everyone comes to church. is Easter. We celebrate the resurrection that Jesus did not just die. He rose again and he conquered Satan, sin, and death. And because Jesus lived the life you couldn't live, died the death that you should have died and rose from death, something that you could not do because sin couldn't hold him down because he was sinless, he lives a resurrection life that he now gives you and me the opportunity to live in and live through, not because of anything you've done, by grace through faith. 
So now you put your trust in Jesus, and Jesus' life is now imparted. Jesus' good work is now imparted onto your life. So now, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, Jesus doesn't just see, or God doesn't just see you. He sees Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? And what does that do? It, it helps there to be, it, it brings peace between us and God. That now that we go from enemies to being friends with God, not by our own doing, but by Jesus' good work. Romans 5.1 tells us, tells us this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just believe this, that when there is a peace between you and God, it breeds a peace within you. Why? Because you know this, God loves you. The God that created heaven and earth loves you. He's for you. You can stop trying to earn the approval of God and you can start living from it. You realize that, do you know what, in your life, Romans 8, 28 is true, that if you submit your life to Jesus, Jesus will take everything in your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the choices that you regret like crazy, God will take all of those things and take it and make it work for your good and for his glory if you let it and give it to him. When you have a peace between, it breeds a peace within. You know your past has been redeemed, your present now has purpose, and your future is now secure because there is peace between the creator of, the, of, of everything and you. Romans 5, 9 through 10 tells us this. Now that we are right with God, now that we are set right with God by means of his sacrificial death, notice it doesn't say now that we're set right with God because of our good works. Because of all the old ladies we walked across the street. Old meaning 90. None of you 40-year-olds. Uh, it says, now that we are set right with God by means of his sacrificial death, the consummate blood sacrifice, there is no longer a question of being at odds with God in any way. If when we were at our worst, how many of you have been at your worst? We were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son. Now that we're at our best, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of his resurrection Life. You know, Christianity, one thing that makes it uniquely different from any other religion on this planet is we now know where we stand with God. Muslims live their whole life having no idea where, where they're going to go. And they hope if they do enough good works, if Allah looks down on them and they do enough good works, or they go and blow themselves up give the, and, 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 and do a martyr's death like they are hoping and living their life that by the end of it they will have a right standing with God Christians we don't do that our right standing from God doesn't come from anything we do it comes by from everything that Jesus did for us so now we simply receive it by grace through through faith and now our right standing with God is secure so now we live from that new life instead of living for that new life of what Jesus bought for us and I, and I just believe, if you've got a peace between, you know the God of the heaven and earth loves you. He's for you. He died for you. He showed you what you're worth. He died on the cross in your place and for your sins. It brought right relationship with God. That peace between should breed a peace within you. Paul, he writes to the church in Philippi in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. He, he says, this, do not be anxious about anything. Yeah, Paul, that's good, good words. Do not be, yeah, easy for you to say, Paul. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request. Paul, do you know, do you know my life? 
really, Paul? I know you probably wrote this sitting down in South Beach, sipping a dockery, on vac- a virgin dockery, on vacation, right? Sitting down there in Miami, chilling out, hanging out. And you say, yeah, I'm going to write the church a, l- a letter. Don't stress. Don't worry. It's all going to be good. Just, you know, God's in control. Let's get him a few more Christian slang, slang terms. You know, trust God. No, he said, do not be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and petition present your request to God. You know Paul wrote this while chained in, in prison? That though he was chained physically, he was free internally. Though he didn't have any peace outside, he had peace where? On the inside. He had a supernatural peace. And what it says is this here. That do not be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and petition, present your request to God. Essentially saying, you've got a right relationship, open communication with heaven. Why are you so anxious? And look, I know we live in a culture of anxiety, which honestly doesn't make a whole lot of sense because we are the most materially blessed nation in the world ever. So we are the most blessed, yet the most anxious. So why hasn't that outward peace manifested in inward peace? Do you know why? Because we worship the wrong God. Anxiety is a worship issue. Many, many times. I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying doctors, if you need help, prescription, whatever. But also examine first, is your anxiety coming because you're trusting in the wrong source? You're trusting in the wrong thing to put your hope and trust and peace in. Paul says, look, you should have a peace. Don't be anxious. Why? Because you've got communication with the most high God. You can have open communication with the God of heaven and earth. I believe a peace between breeds a peace within that leads to a peace around you. I believe that you can literally walk in your life with a supernatural peace that almost acts, this sounds like a weird thing, but almost like a bubble. Where you're walking into craziness, but in the midst of your chaos, on the outside, you have a peace that cannot be touched. Why? Because you know where you stand with God. You know your right standing. You know you have open communication. You know the purpose of your life isn't just to get stuff, but it's to know a Savior. You know the ultimate purpose of your life. But I believe that you can literally walk with a peace around you that will guard your heart and mind. And actually, that's what... Paul says here in verse number seven, he says, do not be anxious about, about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Like, have you ever had someone that they just had a supernatural peace in every situation? Like, it was like, you're like, do you know what you're encountering? But on the inside, they were so calm and trustworthy in God's promises and who God is. And the peace which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I want to just give you a little example of what I think this peace of God acts like. One, okay, growing up, uh, I loved basketball. Still love basketball, but I'm a 5'10 white guy that can't really jump. I can shoot a little bit. I can play defense. But I loved watching NBA basketball, and and one of my favorite players was a guy named... Dikembe Mutombo. Anybody know Dikembe Mutombo? We got some real sports fans here. Okay, good. We got some real, 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 real sports sports fans, right? So 
Dikembe Mutombo, he was a center. He was 7'2", and one of his specialties was blocking shots, where it, w- it, w- it was like you knew if Dikembe Mutombo was in the center, if he was playing center, he was the protector of the paint. And if you know anything about basketball, the paint is kind of the center heartbeat of, of a basketball court. Why? Because if you get into the paint, it's going to be easier to score points and stuff like that. So Dikembe was really, really useful as being a center protecting the paint. I want to show you uh, a brief clip here of the dominance of Dikembe Mutombo. Check this out. Looming double. Good defense by the Hawks. Good team defense. Backhouse finally makes his way to the goal. Weatherspoon gets it up. And two blocks. Get that out. That, that's three blocks. Yep. Anyone else want some? Uh, yeah, get that out of here. Watch this, though. Watch this, though. Right. Watch this one finger. Up, out. Watch that finger waving. Nope. Nope. Get that out of here, brother. Nope. 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 Hey, ah, ah get that out of here. Nope. 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 Some of y'all getting this. I believe the peace of God is like Dikembe Mutombo. Where? It says the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Why? Because if you're standing with God, peace within, or excuse me, peace between breeds a peace within that leads to a peace around you to where you can have the power when Satan tries to remind you of your past, you can say, when, you, when you've got unexpected bills come in and you're like, where's that, that money coming from? And you got anxiety coming, you can say, that weak stuff out of here. You can say, that daggone ex-boyfriend is texting you, ladies, trying to get at you. He knows your weak spot, so he's trying to worm his way back into your life. You know what you say? Ah, get out of here, Satan. When that, when that person at your job tries to say something to you at, at the wrong time and you want to lay hands on him, but not in the name of Jesus. When something you have poured your life into fails, you feel like a failure and you feel like a failure as a person husband man and you put your identity in it and it fails and the devil's just eating you up and he's trying to put voices in you and you start to feel like crap some of us guys you don't have peace why you're not doing this not embracing the promise that you have been given as a follower of Christ, that you have peace between, which breeds a peace within, that leads to a peace around you. Do you know what? You have the power. Not today. My heart for you today is not to miss the peace that God offers you. Peace is the promise that God gives. In John 14, 27, Jesus said this. He said, the peace I leave you. This is actually right before Jesus died. He's talking, he's having one last talk with his disciples and he says, look, this peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. 
I do not give to you as the world gives, right? I, do not, I don't give, a, give you a peace that the world gives. The peace says, I'll just have stuff on the outside, you'll be good. He says, I give you a peace on the inside. The peace I give to you is different than what the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace is the promise that God offers you today. Thank you again for joining us on the Lifehouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kill Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.